This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 604 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by ProStride. On tonight's show, we will be joined by author Beth Balmer to talk about her brand new book, How Two Minds Meet. After that, trainer Cassandra Hummert talks about her journey with yoga, and then Reese and I will answer a listener question. is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Philip. How are you today? I'm doing quite well, actually. It's been sunny and uh, my horses have been good and everything is fine. So there. Awesome. I'm, I I'm, love I'm, it. I'm, I'm thinking positive today. Well, yes, it's winter in Canada and I mean, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I could, I would survive very well in winter in Canada. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just going to say we are recording a little early this week because yeah. you've got some excitement going on. I do. We are full steam ahead here in, in Wellington. Uh, we had a big show over the weekend in our neighborhood and we had a bunch of horses go and and nice success and things to work on, which was fun. Um, and shout out to my uh, Sarah Turi. She's my assistant slash we call her the horse's nanny. And uh, she got her scores at first level for her bronze medal on Shannon Caparella's Tori, which was really exciting. Uh, big Mike got to knock some dust off in the St. George, which was good. He needed to do that. And uh, this week I am competing in my first CDI in 11 years. So I'm really looking forward to taking bingo out. So we are recording early uh, because our normal recording time, I hopefully will be in the in the ring, which is pretty exciting. Well, we're going to wish you all the best success and hope <laughs> that you, you have a great time. Yeah, I'm really excited. And just to be in that ring again, and I've never ridden in the global uh, stadium. So to be able to do that, it's going to be amazing. And and I'm just so pleased with this horse bingo. I feel like uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about how two minds meet uh, the book by Beth Baumert. And, you know, when you start to have a really special relationship with a horse, it's, it's so cool. So I really feel like I'm getting that with this horse and uh, I can't wait to sort of show them off and, and get out there. So that should be really fun. So so uh, I'll let you guys know how it goes, but uh, things are really different than they were 11 years ago. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just how you enter and, and there's a lot of different steps. So um, it should be a really fun week, a, a bit of a learning curve for me and, and my team, uh, but I have the best coach, Scott Hassler is amazing. And, and he has been so good about telling me all the things. So it should be really fun. So I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully I'll have really good news next week for sure. That would be fantastic. So what do we got on, on on our radio show today? Yes, we have great guests. We're going to have a quick break from ProStride and come back with our author of our book club of the month, Beth Baumer. ProStride is the all-natural solution for lameness. It uses the power of your horse's own blood to relieve pain, reduce inflammation, and improve mobility to keep them sound. ProStride can be completed stallside by your veterinarian in just 20 minutes with no need for trailering. ProStride is backed by years of science and success stories. Olympians to pleasure riders, trainers, horse owners and their veterinarians trust the improved performance and lasting results reported with a single injection. No series, no daily supplements and no monthly regimen. When every stride counts, demand the difference they deserve. Ask your vet about ProStride. Learn more at ProStride.com. Well, we are so very excited to announce our new book club of the month book. We have tonight Beth Baumert, the author of How Two Minds Meet, The Mental Dynamics of Dressage. Beth is a USDF certified instructor, L graduate with distinction, and she's the president and CEO of the Dressage Foundation and also one of my personal mentors. Beth, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here, Reese. Thank you so much. We I, I was so excited when we all decided that we would we would 
pick your book again. We did your first book many years ago now. I think it may have been our first selection to our book club program, which has turned out to be, yeah, turned out to be quite a fun program here on our show. And I think we all enjoy it. And Philip and I really enjoy getting the books. Uh, So Beth, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you decided to write the book. Well, I think the book began with with the other book, When Two Spines Align. And where did that begin? Uh, that, I don't know. There's a kind of <laughs> magic about horses. And I think all of us have that. Well, we remember that seed of an obsession with horses, the wonder of it and the smell of it. And I don't, I don't know, the power of it and the rhythm of it. And most people have memories like that. Later, we get hooked for a different reason, I think. This is just my personal opinion. But I think that horses require that we use all parts of our minds. We're thinkers by nature, but horses don't just invite us to use other dimensions of the mind. They really require it. So actually, I'm sort of ahead of myself because The first book began because of my position with Dressage Today. In 1994, Dressage Today started, and for 25 years, I had the wonderful job of being able to call anybody in the world and say, you know, I noticed that you're really good at whatever. How do you do that? So after 25 years of being able to call people all over the world, that first book wasn't a choice. I had a a seriously compulsive need to chronicle everything I learned from all those super, super generous people. It's amazing how people in this sport are so generous. But that book is about physics. It's really how boring is that? No, it's so and it's really good. It's uh, it's a great book, and and we have highlighted it already. And I think of the vertical power lines every time I ride. So I'm just saying that it's an amazing book, and everyone should read it. I'm like I think of it every day myself. Yeah, yeah, we had great feedback on it when we did it when we did it for the show, and I, I personally enjoyed reading it. And and it's one of those books you can well, go back you. to and just you know you can pick. You don't have to read the whole thing, and you know front to back and it's got great sections in it that you can refer to or that you can you can talk about and and it really helps those of us who are kind of educators and need ideas about how how to teach people things i mean that's been that's been the great part about this whole book club to begin with is yeah. that you know as a writer you can process things but as a teacher you can also have more and more tools and i think you know, dressage yeah. riders and competitors just love to learn. I mean, you know, we, we go to clinics and, you know, we watch other people it's learn true. for eight hours and we come home excited. Like, <laughs> I think that's a little bit yeah. crazy in itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We find, we don't find it boring. We find technique and physics somehow very exciting because it helps us communicate better with the horses. Yeah. But I remember decades ago, it was decades ago, Kathy Conley saying, to me, someday riders will become so skilled physically that contests will be won by the heart and the mind. Mm-hmm. Honest to goodness, she said that wow. decades ago, and I, I will never forget it. So this, the first book couldn't have been the only book because, because it is sort of, it's concrete and it's it's physical. It's the, the it's not about the magic and and the wonder of it and and the fascinating parts. So I had to because of what Kathy said, but also <laughs> because because it I found that of course she was right that you have to talk about the heart and the mind and how we can harmonize with horses mentally and emotionally, mm-hmm. as well as physically. I'd just like to jump in here and say, you know, the give props to the horse breeders who have bred such fantastic animals and who are also so physically gifted. I, I feel like, you know, every time I start a three-year-old and, and the genetics have just advanced so far that you don't even have to ask them questions. It's just so capable and talented from birth 
that, you know, just to reiterate the point, it's about gelling with their personalities and their minds as well. Wow, that's an incredibly important point, though, because in terms of the physics of it, it's not just the physics of the rider, but physics of the horse and how the horse and the rider work together physically. But you're so right. Horses are being bred now to be physically ideal to do this so that the aid applied is far more likely to get the right result because of the horse's body and and also also his mind too right that i think that's what you're saying that, yeah, yeah yeah more te- you know in, in good temperament and in good athleticism yeah, yeah i mean they're, yeah. they're just yeah more willing and more capable Along with yeah. the riders who are starting early and earlier in their education, like yes, that's the true. specialization of, of dressage riders begins at 13 years old or so. It's just, it's incredible how, how far the sport is coming along. It's, it's very, very exciting. Yeah. And the horse's mind, I mean, the, the intelligent horse is really quick to understand. And the horse with fine character is really willing to comply. And sometimes those things are hard to separate, but anyway, it's all very interesting. The title of the book refers to the minds of the horse and the mind of the horse and the mind of the rider when I say two minds. But actually, this was actually a little confusing to write. Oddly enough, it doesn't seem like it should have been now, but the rider also has two minds, one that the horse can read and one that the horse cannot read. So the normal thinking, left brain, filing system, accumulating knowledge, that's what we do, isn't it? That humans are thinkers and he who, who is the best at thinking often gets rewarded in this life. But um, the, the left brain is the one that the horse cannot read and it's one that we still need to pay very, very close attention to it because, because what we learn with our left brain, we can apply, right, to the mind that he can read. So think of how horses are when you're grooming him and is, is he thinking about anything? Is he thinking about yesterday's mishap? No. He's in the now. He's he's just in the present. So there are other aspects of his nature that we need to put ourselves in that same zone, that non-thinking, meditational, prayerful. When you think of it, if you're in this non-thinking zone and maybe your mind is reaching out, maybe in prayer or some people call it prayer or or reaching out to communicate with your horse or it can be inward can be kind of meditative but the non-thinking mind is the one that he can read does that make sense yeah that's where he is and when you're in the zone somewhere in the there in the book there's a picture of sue blinks at the olympics in in sydney and you can tell from the look on her face, she's in another world. She's just in the zone. And the zone athletes, all kinds of athletes, aspire to be in the zone, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where inexplicable results occur. Very high achievement in the zone. You, you, you click into another another area. Now, the basketball doesn't really help you. I mean, basketball doesn't care the the well it's the it's blood and bone and it's this feeling sensitive critter that requires that we be in the now that we're present that we're absolutely present. And there are other qualities that he has too such as he you must be positive if you tell him what not to do chances are really good that you'll get what you don't want. So 
No, it makes sense too, because, you know, like you said, to play in a basketball, you know, the basketball doesn't think, but your other players do, you know, on a team, but you can, there's other ways of communicating with their verbal communication and and that kind of thing with a teammate, but a horse that that's not a, you know, really we theoretically can't use verbal communication. So you have to find other ways to communicate with the horse in the present. So they understand the zone, but also I'm sure, you know, it comes from training and, but all that can happen. And I think, you know, if you've gone to a competition and it works and you're, you find that zone, you're like, oh my gosh, like that test was so good compared. I kind of had experience over the weekend, you know, the day before you did. Yeah. My horse is a little young, you know, he was a little nervous and a little young and I kind of had to kind of help him out a little bit. And then the next day he came in and he was we were in a different place and it was awesome. And it was like, okay, how do you explain that really from, from one day to the next, but you know, that, and it is also doing it and repetition and, and all the other things that, that kind of help you get into the zone. I probably came in and wrote a little differently, right? Because I had had the experience the day before myself. And this is a horse I've had a long time. So it's not, it's not a new partnership. It's a pretty old partnership. So, you know, it is, it is, you know, as you come and, and, you know, I rode through mentally that test that I had, I showed on Friday and I rode through it in my mind and I watched the video and I talked to my coach and, Uh you know, and, and, and all of those things to sort of help us sort of meet together. And, and so I can understand, like, that's why I started reading the book last night and I thought, I can't wait to finish this book because this is what we're doing (laughs) sort of all the time is like, how do I make myself more present and, and be that much better of a partner for my horse. So it's, it's a fascinating book and sort of the, the idea of, of sort of the mental component is something that we, all of us as riders need to, cause it's so hard to to be like, well, you know, I'm going to finish this ride and then I have homework and and things to do with my children and Mm. make dinner and clean the house. And I think that comes into it right as well. It, it does come into it. And that the horse's persistent lesson is that you just come to the saddle with these positive attributes that mm-hmm. put you in the zone. Other sports, as you said, you don't have that inborn coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you have to really, it's a trained thing. And and even right, I think all of us, you're three professional riders here. We're all, this is something we teach every day. We work on every day. It's hard. <laughs> it's not, it's not it's an easy hard. thing. Well, most of us teach the physical part and this other part. It's so interesting to me how you as trainers can, I'm sure you've had countless students and you can see that some of them progress tremendously and others may have the same advantage or comparable advantages and they don't progress. And it's just, and maybe they don't, maybe that's not their goal. Actually, you know, some people just ride because they want the pleasure of being able to relax after a tough job at at work. But I think amongst the riders, the students who want to excel, they they vary tremendously, and it's uh, I think no one can say why. But this book taps into a hundred possibilities. The people who kind of do the best know how to tap into that being in the zone you know to to take the hour that they're having a lesson or the hour that they're going to ride their horse you've got to let you know you've got to let the external stuff and and the home stuff and whatever just you got to find a way to put that all away and and sort of and take the you know because i think this is a common thing that some people kind of overanalyze while they're doing it so they're in their own head a little bit too much rather than just to to just focus feel react and analyze afterwards you know i have a, uh-huh. a ton of students and there's and there's nothing wrong with you know you know doing it and then oh and you know and when it's not going well to stop and to talk about it but there can be a little too much of that Rather than saying, yeah. you know, how how to focus on your horse, how to focus on yourself, and just just try and do it for for a little bit, G- give it, you know, give it some good efforts, a hundred percent of yourself, mm-hmm. and 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 hopefully you can kind of 
push through the problem without without some 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 things you can't just put your finger on and say oh there's the problem or that's what i should do it, you know right. you're learning to ride and feel and get your horses focused so i find that some people who take a little bit too many breaks the hor- the horse becomes very unfocused because the rider is busy analyzing and talking to their coach yeah. and having this conversation <laughs> right. which is great mm-hmm. Which is great, but the yeah. horse goes. What's over there? Oh, why? Why did we stop? Oh, I don't yeah. know. And I'm just wandering around. And then, and then, mm-hmm. you know, everybody gears back to go back at doing it. And then, and then, kind of, sometimes the moment is lost where you know a quick correction or or quick something can help yeah. the horse to understand better in the moment. It's it's all about that in the moment focused kind of riding. Those, those, those are my really those are my thoughts. Point. Well, you yeah. bring up a mm-hmm. super interesting point because there's communication between the student and the instructor. But then there's the very important, arguably most important, communication between the horse and the rider. And that means the rider has to have this element of wonder, just a listening attitude. So that I like to think of that circle of energy that's physically, but then it's also mental that you... You think and then you receive. You listen, you listen, and then you speak. It's like a conversation, right? right. Wonder, wondering is the basis of all good conversation. Oh, I wonder what. So anyway, yeah, there is a lot of communicating going on. And most instructors know that the primary communication needs to be between the horse and the, and the rider. <laughs> yeah. And they expect to need to repeat repeat themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, but Beth, Beth, it's just it's a fascinating book. It's such an amazing topic. And can you tell our listeners again the title of the book and where we can find it? And if they have any questions to reach you, how can they do all of those things? The name of the book is How Two Minds Meet. It's a Trafalgar Square book, horse and rider books, and it's also on Amazon. Fantastic. And we love Trafalgar Square Horse and Rider Books. They've been such a great uh, partner with us and they they make all this happen. They've been so fantastic. Beth, we can't thank you enough for your time and and we'd love to have you back on again to keep talking about it. Yes, When Two Minds Meet, The Mental Dynamics of Dressage by Beth Baumert for our Book Club of the Month book. Thank you, everyone. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Tonight, I am so happy to have Cassandra Hummert-Johnson on the show. She's an FEI rider and trainer and now a yoga instructor. Cassie, welcome to the show. Hi, Reese. Thanks for having me. It's been a couple years, but you have been on the show before. I love having you. I love, I love coming on the show and speaking <laughs> with you guys. Well, you know, we were talking this, this, well, actually, we've been talking a lot about doing yoga together here in Florida because obviously it's a safe activity. We can do it outside. The weather is usually pretty cooperative uh, when it comes to yoga. So you and I have been talking a lot about it, but Phil and I, as we were organizing this show, you know, rider fitness is really something that's important. And we've all, we've done as a community, we did the dressage rider training program. There's so many workouts available online. I personally 
my favorite workout is yoga. So when you got certified, I was so excited to work with you. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got certified and how you think it's really good for riders. Yeah. So I have always enjoyed yoga in in some capacity, whether that be at the fitness center down the road that's sort of geared towards everyone, or maybe a class that is, you know, maybe geared towards people that are more advanced. But I, I always enjoy going. Like, I give it my best go. And you know what really sparked my interest is a client of mine, a friend. She said, hey, come to this class. It's, it's going to be hard, but I think you should come. And I thought, oh, oh no, oh no, <laughs> I don't know. I went, I went with her. It was a hot yoga class. It was a flow class. And it was really challenging. And I left that class and said, I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. And she said, just keep coming with me, please. Like, just keep coming with me. And I went to a few of those classes and, you know, over the next three months, all of a sudden I could do this stuff. And I was really thinking, wow, here I, I've just witnessed what everybody talks about, you know, that, that you'll see progress, that yoga will make you more flexible. It'll give you strength. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll, you'll want to go. And that was really inspiring because I was the perfect example of someone that says, oh no, not for me. And here I am three months later going to these pretty hard yoga classes. And I thought there's got to be something here that I can take away. And I really appreciated the way the instructor approached this class. And, you know, he was very kind. He was challenging. He helped me. He never, never said to me, I think this is too much for you. And I thought, I'm going to go learn how to, how to teach these classes. I think that will help me with teaching riding. Right. So Mm -hmm. I did, I signed up for an immersive program, a live-in program, which was exciting. And I came away with the 200 hour yoga teacher training certification, which is a internationally recognized certification. And I learned a lot during that. And I now feel like I have one more, you know, tool in my toolbox to help both my riders and myself and try to pass on these things that I learned from a very organic place. I am not, you know, super, super, super into yoga. I love how it helps me. And I, I just want other people to realize, Hey, it it can really help you too. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more uh, specifically what you can, you can take from your, your yoga teacher training to dressage rider training. Cause it seems like you've kind of done a working student position in both. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things I took away the most and I continue to realize as I teach both Brad and yoga is that there are modifications for, for everything. There's never a situation where someone should feel like they can't do what is being asked at all. And I think that that's important with the riding too, right? I mean, yeah, you can't ask a first level horse to all of a sudden let's be a grand prix horse and expect it to tee off. However, there's, there's little exercises, right? Let's just work on, you know, turn on the haunches a little tiny bit. And that's, that's wonderful. Good job today. And I think in yoga, the same thing. There are some challenging postures and challenging poses. But I like that doing the teacher training, that you learn how to teach people of every level. You teach modifications. If you can't you know, if you can't do, for example, tree is a common yoga yoga pose where you stand on one leg, basically, like a flamingo. And if you don't have the balance to do that, that's okay. You teach a modification where you keep one foot on the ground and you rest the other foot on the ground and just bring the heel up. And that that's absolutely fine. And now you can include everyone in the class. And I think that that's that's important. You know, everyone wants to feel included. And that's something that I really took away from this experience is how, how do I include everybody? How do I teach everybody? I don't want to feel like I only cater to a certain group. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's so right on because in, in training riders and horses, we all have challenges. We all have things that, you know, that, that make it difficult or maybe we need to change or as an instructor, maybe saying it a different way is important. And, and one of the things that I found with yoga that has been really helpful for me as a rider, not just the flexibility, but it's really watching the alignment of what I'm doing. I think that's really been critical because I didn't realize, you know, when you're doing something on the mat and, and I've done a lot of online yoga right now because of the pandemic and, and the teacher says, oh, watch your hip. And I'm like, oh, oh my. I found kind of the same thing when I'm riding and teaching. It's like, oh, watch that piece of the alignment. That'll fix the whole thing or help. And uh, I think that that's been something that I've been able to take away from the experience as well is just, wow, you know, can, can you elaborate a little bit on that as well? Yeah, of course. So in the teacher training, that's obviously something you, you do work on a lot is how do you approach your students in a class and be able to continue teaching the rest while you adjust one? And how do you approach that student that needs the adjustment without, you know, bringing any kind of, you don't want to feel like you're scolding anybody. And I think that that's, that's something that you learn a little bit by doing. And with the alignment in yoga, it is important for some postures, poses more than others, but it's important if you want the full benefit from the yoga class, you should try to do these things, you know, to the best of your, not only your ability, but, but physically what is considered most correct for your posture and for, for your strength and for your flexibility training. And it, it's no different than it is in riding. I think a lot of it comes down to the way that you approach your students. If, if it's always in a way that seems, you know, you're doing this wrong, why, you know, why are you doing this wrong again? That's not always helpful. I mean, sometimes it's helpful, but, but it's not always helpful. And I think in yoga too, you don't want to, you don't want to make anybody feel like you, you know, you told me I'm not quite aligned now. I can't do it. I think that that's what, you know, we all try to do as teachers is, is learn how to help our students in the best way. Alignment is super important in yoga. Alignment is super important in, in the riding. And I try to learn more about the best way to teach that every day. And, you know, it's not just alignment. I think when you think about the effect that your alignment has with your fitness in general, if we, if usually your alignment is not so great because it's, it's an area that maybe you're tight. If you think about posture, you know, none of us, apparently, according to the, the scientists, none of us stand up straight. And that, that's true. We, we don't, we slouch around and we, you know, whatever, look at our phone and sit in the car and all these things. But, but you do that because it's comfortable. It feels uncomfortable to do it sort of quote the right way. So I think that you find that the more times you do it the right way, whether it's guidance from the TV yoga or from a yoga class or, you know, what have you, I think you find the more that you, you know, correct yourself and you do it the right way, the better it gets and the better you feel. And, you know, how true is that with riding too? When, when you start to correct these things and you go, Oh, you know, Oh my gosh, it's, it's so easy now. And I think that's sort of the beauty of it, of having an instructor and they don't have to physically be there, but when they are there, they can obviously help you a bit more in person with, with making corrections, obviously on the TV, you get corrections, but maybe it feels a little impersonal, but, but still any step in that direction is yeah. so helpful. Well, and I think just, just what the changes that helps in your body too, you know, I think a lot of us are really tight in our hips because we sit a lot and, you know, just, just being able to work on some of those things that are sort of opposite of what you would be working on in the saddle has been for me incredibly helpful. And I have seen my body change and, and get more flexible and, and by no means am I a yogi master, but you know, what was difficult when I started the journey really got going last January. And, you know, I, I, I do some form of yoga every day now. And it, and, and it also helps just with anxiety and, and, you know, when, when the world is falling apart, you know, there's, it gives you other strategies too, that, that I think are really helpful. I really like that you said that Reese, because whether it's riding 
or or doing yoga i also do it and and it's about you know both really need to you know put other problems or other issues or other thoughts to one side and really just take take the time that you're riding maybe maybe that's half hour or the time that you're you're participating in yoga and just focus on what you can control and you know and your breathing and 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 those kinds of things is it's not only a, a body workout but also uh, a mental relaxer or a, a mental de-stress and and that that's that's what i really like about the focus because you can't you can't get on a horse and ride around and 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 improve the horse or improve yourself and your position all those things if if you're thinking about other things or if you're not starting from a place of relaxation you're going to bring that tension into the horse you're going to, and you're going to have a bad ride i, I i've done it i still do it every once in a while and and it's problematic but again you know what the yoga and what the dressage riding does is say first focus on what you're doing let everything else go you've you've planned this half hour you've got it booked in your schedule just be in the arena or just be here and 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 i really need that so yeah it's been great it's been great. Well, fantastic. Well, Cassie, we we love hearing from you. We love hearing how the journey has helped in, in a lot of ways with your riders. So how can our listeners find you online? I can be found online on Instagram at Wellington Yoga. And I can also be found for the dressage at Lavendel Dressage, L-A-V-E-N-D-E-L, also at LavendelDressage.com. I'm based in Cleveland, Ohio, and down here in Wellington during the winter. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait for our, our classes and, and we'll post on our we'll post on our Facebook page so everybody can see us working down here. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I'm really looking forward to it, sharing the things that I've learned and, and I'm excited to see how people can incorporate yoga into their their structure and their schedule down here. Wellington is such a great time to to work on all these things and to create a plan for yourself and your horse and I think that doing this yoga is, is an integral part of that now. And now a quick word from EcoGold Saddle Pads. No slipping, no sliding, no problem. EcoGold Secure Saddle Pads are engineered to keep the horses back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They have impact protection through the seat and the ultra-thin flaps provide the rider with better communication and a more stable riding position. Available in both English and Western styles. Shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca. Well, Phil, one of the amazing thing about the Total Saddle Fit Gers, because right now we are in two very different climates. Uh, here in Florida, today was actually close to 90, and I, I think the humidity was 99%. Uh, it was really humid and really hot. So, you know, we've got sweaty horses and we're hosing everything. I mean, they're just coming in dripping. So, you know, to have the ability to use the shoulder relief girths with the different and the stretch deck girths, we're able to, to use the liners, the neoprene liners that we can hose off. And, and that's amazing. And, and in Canada, obviously right now, that's not what you're using. We, we got, we got the fleece liners going at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Actually, it really helps the horses because, you know, they have their, they're all clipped up, right? And, you know, the the hair rubs off a little easier when when, when they're clipped. So I like to put them in, in the fleece liners to prevent that from prevent that from happening because we got to keep them comfortable. And, and the shoulder relief girths do that awesome, you know, and that we can switch the liners. And then, you know, what I like is the, to put them in the, when we go to shows is actually put them in the leather liners you know, over the summer. So it just helps keeping, keeping the girths look, looking nice for the shows and, and being comfortable during the different seasons. The product is just awesome. Yeah. It's a great product. And and again, depending, you know, on what season and where you're, where you are, it's, it, you have so many different options and it's also a really economical way to do things. So we really thank Justin at Total Saddle Fit for providing such a great product. We both use them every day, all day long. And, and, and I'm not, as we know, I'm not particularly nice to that product. <laughs> I mean, I just, I really, I, I hose them off and I, I, I do clean them every day, but uh, we really can't thank Justin enough for a great product and all the other products at totalsaddlefit.com. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
So Phil, we've got a total saddle fit training tip question from one of our listeners. What you got for us? Yes, this came through onto the Facebook page. And so I have to thank Tamika for for sending her question. She has an an off-the-track thoroughbred who is very talented and started playing playing with flying changes. The problem now is that they've lost the counter canner, which she intends to be showing at second level. So she needs the counter canner. What, what what is she gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this I knew is actually like this yeah. This so is this gone. is one I this is one I deal with all the time. So Tamika, thank you so much for your question. This is actually a really you're maybe not gonna like my answer, but I also deal with this a lot with my event horses because my event horses are competing sort of second, third level, the advanced to an intermediate, and they will bounce back and forth between the two levels. So it's sort of like you know third level to second level. And and I will tell you, it's probably one of the most difficult things to coach because truly when you want to teach changes, I think, and personally, it takes at least six months and there's a lot of phases in, in teaching changes. And so sometimes you do lose the counter canner. I, I mean, this is my experience, Phil, you may have a very different one, but you may lose the counter canner. So when I am teaching a horse changes, if, if at all possible, I try to get a block of time where I know maybe I'll lose the counter canner. And then once the horses are a little bit more clear and the aid that I'm asking, then I'm able to keep the counter canner a little bit more. So that's kind of my answer. It's, it's a complicated answer. And and I will tell you, it happens with every horse because horses are learning, they need that chance. And once they sort of know changes and until they're sort of very clear in what you're asking, sometimes the counter canner does regress a little bit. Sometimes I will tell people, you know, they need to be, you know, what's the goal? Is the goal third level or is the goal second level? And sometimes if the horses are really struggling with it and they're really doing well with the changes... I, I will move them right to third level. That's my, sometimes if somebody really, really wants to do second level, I maybe hold off in teaching the changes. So that's something we do, especially within, in, but with the event horses, we don't have that option, right? So, so we trudge forward and we try to be very, I try to make sure that my riders are very clear with their aids. And sometimes I'll take their stirrups away. I don't want the horses bucking in the changes, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Because if you take their, your stirrups away, then you really are making sure that the rider is clear with their aids. Because if you shift your seat at all with a horse that knows changes, right, then you have technically, you may not know you're shifting your seat, but if you do shift your seat, say that quickly, then the horse does the change. You can't be angry with that horse because it, it technically the horse was listening and they did what you wanted. So that also happens sort of in that time frame to make sure that you're really clear with your aids and that your legs are good. So Phil, what what is your take on this? <laughs> it's such a it's such a funny thing because you know I think back on you know how, how I teach the changes or whatever and I and I use I use some sugar in at this part of the training as well. So yeah. it's so funny the horse is like going around and counter counter and then does a change and then and actually might stop and and look for some sugar. So that's yeah. why I, I think it's just really funny because I mean they 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 uh, you know, the horses are really, really trainable, and I think really, really trainable to treats, and yeah. you know, and, and they're just like, I'm good now, right? And then, and then they, and then they're looking for that sugar because normally I would teach, you know, teach a change, they get it successful, I would stop them, give them a pat, here, here's some mm-hmm. sugar, you know, whatever stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, what? I did a change, I don't get any sugar, I have to keep cantering, or you know, like, and then, and then it's uh-huh. kind of a, a very, a very confusing time, you know, mm-hmm. in, in in the training kind of thing. But I mean, you in some horses, you you know, in in four weeks, you can teach them to change, and in the next yeah. twelve weeks, you teach them not to do that. Yeah. It's it's just part of it's just you know only do it when I ask or only do it when right. I do this certain sequence of events or in this place in the arena and you know and that kind of thing, it can be uh, very frustrating for horse and rider. What I try to do is figure out a pattern in which they're going to hold the lead. So I mean for for the different horses it's it's different you know and I'm trying to you know what helps a lot is if I'm using a lot of leg yield. So if I've taught the change on a diagonal, for instance, and they just keep doing it, what I would do is leg yield along that diagonal a little bit. So as long as they're going a little bit sideways and forward, the tendency for the horse to flip the lead 
is going to be less lesson mm-hmm. or you know i teach the i try and do the counter canter along you know around the circle and you know and just keep praising them as as they're cantering and so uh, horses find it hard to kind of flip a lead on a curve line and then i just take that curve line on to you know if i do the circle in the middle of the arena and then i just take them a little bit along you know take them from the from the circle to the long side to some straight line and then start circling again before they have a chance to change the lead then i'm sort of you know praising them and padding through through that kind of stuff so you know circle to circle or you know on serpentine it it, it kind of depends you know where and how you've trained the change and to train the counter canter back again by by doing a different line so the horse understands yeah. okay well on on in that way i do a flying change and when i'm being ridden in this way then i don't do a flying change and then the rider can can do exactly like you said Reese you got to be super super quiet mm-hmm. and really to sit on on one seat bone maybe even a little bit extra to be thinking going away from from the seat bone of the lead that you're that you're trying to hold and just yeah, it takes time especially if you're riding a thoroughbred you know a lot of your um, yeah. Adventures will be riding thoroughbreds and thoroughbreds mm-hmm. that probably know the change from the jumping coursing That's right. courses anyways. It just takes Which they don't really, have to be uh, clean, right? They just need to get right. to the other lead. So once you have it. to yeah. start, yeah, staying, oh, come on, now it has to be a clean change. That becomes a different subject altogether yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just really meticulous attention to detail. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to be, you know, walk canner, walk canner, walk canner a lot. Again, you know, you probably were doing that already. As you're approaching the second level work, and then you teach a change, and you think, "Oh, I'm done with I'm done with walk canter. Oh, isn't that great? And <laughs> no, this is no. so fantastic." And now, but now you have to go. Now you have to go back and do it again to unteach the change, so that when the horse <laughs> throws in a flying change when you don't want it, you have a tool to come back to walk again and to pick up, you know, pick up the lead that you wanted in a quiet way, not in a punishing way, but in a quiet way, pick up the lead that you wanted and carry on along whatever line. So it it the the walk canter transitions become a correction in in this case rather than teaching him walk canter it, it's now like okay you have to do it because i didn't like that you that you're doing changes whenever you whenever you feel like so yeah again you know just meticulous balance meticulous attention to the detail of your seat and your legs and your hands all those things and then and then start unteaching the change again and then you're going to teach it again but only when you want and, and that kind of thing and, and being really precise about where and when the change has to, has to occur. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's definitely, it's a difficult time. It, it, it's, it's a confusing yeah, time. I mean, it's horses. great if you, it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic to have a horse that's really keen about it because yes. Yeah. You want to punish the them. Other way I think is a little more difficult that a horse that loves the counter canter too much mm-hmm. and doesn't like to come off the lead uh, can be, you know, in my experience, a little bit more problematic than, than a horse that's keen and, and, and wants to do it and shows you that he can do it. I, I love that kind of horse. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's uh, having a keen horse is actually a good thing. You just have to train them. You have to be sensitive <laughs> to the training, you know? Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, that's actually what you want, but it's hard to tell them like, no, no, don't do that. So, uh, we wish you luck. Know that literally everybody has this problem. This is not a don't think, oh gosh, this is just me. This is, this is. Oh, one, one extra thing, Reese. One sure. extra thing. You can train it to a voice aid, you know. Ooh, oh, I don't know. That makes yeah. me nervous. Oh, you can train it to a voice aid and then, and then take away the voice when, when you've got it more solid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's okay. just, it's just a more deliberate aid for, for the, for the flying change and it can work out. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I trust you. I trust you. I've never done it that way, but you know, you never know. So I, don't, I, love I, it. I, I don't have a tendency to train anything from a voice aid, but you know, you can have some very, very nervous horses and, and you just, mm-hmm. you know, pick a word or whatever and just, you know, say now and then, and then, and then praise them. And then that helps them to understand that when they don't hear, hear the voice, yeah, that's true. They, 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 they should learn that they, they shouldn't do the change. And then that, that can help some riders to just sort of sort out voice with their leg aids and their and their seat mm-hmm. aids as well. It's it's an option. It's, it's not yeah. like the first option, but if you're having trouble, so you, yeah, you can Good do it. suggestion. I love it. Well, awesome. And and, and especially for the hot-blooded thoroughbred types. Thoroughbred. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Phil, you're so smart. Well, as uh, always. <laughs> the things don't always work, but but yeah. every once in a while, 
something something does. Yeah, sometimes you have to listen. Get creative, I hope everyone. Right? Yeah, I hope everyone listens to us training. And and when we had our segment with Patty Mayer, sometimes training horses, you have to get a little creative, and it's okay. Truly, trainers, that's we literally. This is the conversations we have when we all get together over over some wine. Is like, so tell me, you had this horse. How did you do it? Like, what do you think about this horse? Like, at the end of the day, it's what works is successful. So it's, yeah, it's I mean, if, if it's a step towards getting, you know, getting what you want and if it, and if it helps the horse to learn it in a more relaxed fashion, I think, I think that's always good, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, what works is it makes you a genius, <laughs> but sometimes you try things, right. And, and it doesn't work. Sometimes and, it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Some, sometimes yeah. it doesn't work and you, yeah, you got to figure it out. And that, that's why, you know, reset it's six months, but I think it's a year before you have confirmed changes and confirmed care. Yeah. And, and every horse is different. Literally, you know, like a big Mike, I struggled, I struggled, I struggled. And then one day he's like, oh, I do it this way. And from then on, his <laughs> changes are a highlight. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, what happened from Tuesday to Wednesday? Like, how did you literally one day he just knew how to do it. And I'd been working on almost a year and he just, Monday was great. And now it's a highlight. It's crazy. And, and, and literally, I mean, you can get anywhere close to the rhythm and he does it while other ones have been different. So it just depends. It just depends. And that's not always the answer you like to give, but it's the truth. <laughs> but I love it. Well, as always, everybody, we hope you enjoyed that trainer segment, our total saddle fit tip of the week. Uh, and we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep us on our toes. Phil and I love it. We love questions uh, that we get to talk about. And sometimes we even talk about them continually off the air. We're kind of dorky that way. So we love it. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's ProStride, Kentucky Performance Products, Eco Gold, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. 